Welcome everybody to the Fusion Underground. This is our first episode. It's kind of a big deal. We've been doing some rehearsals for a couple of weeks and uh, we are launching uh, our season one, episode one. This episode will actually drop on Tuesday. So a couple of days from now, we're actually recording on Saturday. Um, so this is the first episode. My name is Manuel Ramirez. I'm your host and I'm joined by my co-host, the always uh, the always laughable Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I love you. Say, uh, you're not like, <laughs> maybe not so sure. <laughs> How should I describe him? Yeah, <laughs> let's change that up tonight. He's the, uh, well, he's Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good. It's always good. So here at the Fusion Underground, for those who are just joining us for the first time, as many of you are, those who have not listened to our dry rehearsals up until this point, here at the Fusion Underground, we are striving to make sense of the world by having what we call principled discussions about such things as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our overall mission here is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. You can find our shows and all the different ways to, uh, to listen or view our shows off of our main website at fusionunderground.net fusion underground all one word dot net you can catch us on uh, youtube on um, our, also, our videos are also on BitChute, and you can find our feeds such as on anchor breaker spotify google Podcasts, and public radio all of those feeds and links are available off of the main page on our website so just head to fusionunderground.net and you'll be able to find all the ways you can listen to the show or watch the show you can also find us on twitter uh, our handle on twitter is at fusion under yeah, I know. I couldn't put the whole thing on there. <laughs> Very upset about that. <laughs> and I just really couldn't be creative. I was trying to be creative to find a better handle and just couldn't come up with anything, couldn't find anything that was actually available. You can also email us, email the show, give us all of your thoughts and opinions, tell us exactly how we're wrong uh, by sending those emails to contact at fusionunderground.net. Contact at fusionunderground.net. All right. So for this first episode, we are actually going to be talking about honor and its role in society. But before we get there, but, but before we get there, you have something exciting for us today. I, I do have some, I do have some, uh, some interesting things to, uh, to share with you, uh, Jason, such as, so you are not very active on social media. Would you say that that is a correct statement? I, I am not active at all. I haven't had a Facebook account since Facebook got started. And no, and, and, I, and, I don't play and why, why is that actually, just out of curiosity? Do you really? You want to spend the whole episode yeah, yeah, talking just, about no, that? No, just, <laughs> <laughs> just maybe a couple of 30 seconds. Um, people that I want to talk to usually call me on the phone or ah. shoot me an email. And uh, when I was on Facebook way, way, way long time ago, my email got obliterated with random causes and this and that. And I took about three weeks to go, this is not for me. This is gonna end up ruling my life. And here we are today, probably, probably. what, 15, 20 years later. And we have a whole bunch of people saying Facebook is ruling my life. So there you go. Well, there you go, okay. So, well, All right, well, there are a lot of different social media websites and there is uh, there is a new one or relatively new one. I don't exactly know when this came out. I'm not all hip to the lingo as, uh, as some people are in terms of the different social media platforms, but there's this new platform or newer, I should say, than like Facebook or Twitter um, called TikTok. 
and there has been a new craze over the last week on TikTok um, where guys, these young guys are, well, let me just play it for you and, uh, and, and maybe you can be uh, as, uh, as shocked and, and I'm gonna hate weirded you this, out I? as I was. Yeah, you probably will. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to play it. If you're, if you're listening and you're not watching the video, we'll explain it in just a second. Uh, but for those of you watching, you might find it kind of interesting as well. So here we go. Pee your pants challenge. Okay, so you wanted reasons why I'm not on social media. Here's reason number 987. Good Lord. This video actually has over 10,000 likes. What? Yes, over 10,000, 10, 10.6,000 likes on this particular TikTok video. And, and the thing is, this is, a, this is a challenge. I don't know if this is the first guy to do them to do the challenge, but he participated in it, but there are multiple videos. Be thankful that I'm not showing you all of the, all of the videos. So for those of you not able to see this, it's, it's basically a guy who's standing in his bathroom uh, and you can see the bathroom sink in front of him. He's wearing a t-shirt and shorts and he's recording himself in the mirror. And he obviously says, pee your pants challenge and then proceeds to pee his pants. And that is what the cool kids now are doing on social media. All right, I'm issuing the please walk in front of traffic challenge to anybody who actually does this kind of stuff because you know what? There's something wrong with you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't None. know how to, I don't know how to take that. Like how, <clears throat> what, what do you, how do you go about figuring like, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to pee my pants. I, I really don't understand how somebody gets to that, uh, to that conclusion. Well, you got a, considered a, fun. a whole sect of society that really define themselves by social media and getting and those other likes. people and, 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 and getting, getting that, those likes, right? you know, I've got 10,000 friends. Really? Name me five. Well, they're all on Facebook. Okay. Right. So you've got no friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> <I> mean, here's, <laughs> so here's a different one. Here's a, here's a different, this is an individual. Um, she's on Instagram. Uh, I have an Instagram account I created years ago and I'm never on it. Um, but I saw her online and she's just adorable and she was hysterical. She, she likes to do funny stuff. I'm surprised you're not doing stuff like what, uh, what this, what this, uh, lady, her name is Molly. So Molly likes to make her friends laugh. So she started an Instagram account and she just likes to create little videos to make her friends laugh. And she put this out into the world because of quarantine. And I'm just going to play it. And we'll actually kind of, we'll pause it a few times because there's some great stuff that she does in this video. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So let's, let's take a look at Molly. Or not. <laughs> This is, this is high-tech equipment here. <laughs> Technical difficulty number 684. <laughs> All right, now let's try. Oh, here we go. All right. Now you can see her, right? <laughs> okay, let's try that again. <laughs> I've done something. 
I bought a home waxing kit because <laughs> the hairs are growing in while we are sheltered in place. Also, the quarantine has brought her to this level. She has had to, she has gone out and has purchased a home waxing kit. So we are going to watch. Now, isn't she just adorable? I think she's kind of cute. She's just, she just looks fun. She looks like a female version of you. Um, what? No, no. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anybody else out there watching. Please write in and tell him no. Let's start by taking a relaxing breath. <laughs> Remember when at home waxing, you have full control. There's no pressure to rush through any of the steps, especially if it's your first time. Is she about to have sex or something? Uh, yeah, this, she looks like she's reading the label on a on a condom or something. It's it's very uncomfortable. What? Uh, I'm un very uncomfortable. Just go with it. Just relax. I'm I'm okay. I'm trying. Oh, you're no. She's okay. Sorry, I thought you were talking to me. Yeah. See. <laughs> Am I wrong? <clears throat> Poor thing. Here she goes. Ready? Apply the direction of the hair. <laughs> That's really end of the loop. Now would be a good time to tell you that I've never gotten my upper lip waxed. <laughs> I know I didn't do a good job, but this is where we're at. And now it has to come off. <laughs> I'm charging $15 a session now that I'm a professional. <laughs> She's <Her> shocked face. <laughs> What's great is she just kind of goes with it, you know? She's so surprised at the pain, at the sheer pain that she's induced, that she's uh, inflicting upon herself. <laughs> oh. I could test this on my wrist and it feels like a thousand degrees. <laughs> Things are happening. Should I do what happens when you melt wax? No. That's a bad idea. <sighs> she's, uh, I never said I was never waxed. <laughs> no. Before and she's it's all dripping off of her lip to, to do her upper lip oh, first. First, yeah. Am I supposed to do any aftercare? That <laughs> feels very chapped. You're tough. You've passed forty kidney stones. No, no. Child of God. And she doesn't curse for the whole thing. Can you imagine trying to do this? No. But <laughs> she almost threw up a little bit. And then she laughs at herself. It's great. Why is it triggering? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Why did you make me want to throw up? I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun. <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome okay. home. <laughs> Oh God! Stop! Shoot from the lawn. Help me! Tell this poor girl stop. Right? Don't you want to like go and help her? How's there still hair on there? <laughs> oh. 
Why? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're still here. His face just dry heaved. <laughs> Did they do that? Oh, my isn't that God. funny? Oh, oh my god, I had to okay. share that with you because it was just, she cracks me up. She just does oh, it just to have god. fun. You know, she was looking for a way to just make her friends laugh uh, since she couldn't see them being all in quarantine and locked down, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Uh, I give her a lot of credits for for putting herself out, like, you know, out onto the web like that. Um, just... Yeah, um, I would have probably settled for a good old-fashioned knock-knock joke rather than you know, trying to wax my upper lip. To, although I might have done that for you, just to make you laugh. Should we do that for for a future podcast, a future? No, episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> I don't think anybody else wants to hear or see that either. So, no, I believe a lot of people would love to see and hear. No, that. I think a lot of people may grow to want to see that later after a few episodes. Probably. Fair, fair, fair enough. All right. So, okay. So, uh, just a couple of other things before we dive into the uh, into our topic. Um, you don't go to the movies that often. No. And is it? Well, I know you don't like spending money, but is it just the money aspect of spending money on something dumb like that, or do you just not like the experience or anything? No, I used to. I used to love to go to the movies back when I was dating. You know, my wife and I, um, when we were dating, we, we'd go to the movies quite often. Um, now I, I think the biggest obstacle is I've got two kids. Mm. Um, one just finally went to her very first movie not long ago. Um, and she's four. So, I mean, we actually, um, broke into that arena with her, but now I've got a, a newborn. So guess what? No more movies for another four years. So, um, yeah. And, and cost is a big thing for me. Well, <clears throat> so I grew up going to the movies. I loved going to the movies. But as I've gotten older, I don't like going to the movies so much. I just don't like the, um, I don't like the people, to be quite honest. I don't like having to deal with people talking or whispering or, you know, just the rigmarole of having to go to the movies. And movies are getting crushed right now with the whole economic shutdown because right. of the coronavirus. Right. Um, and there was a report that came out about two weeks ago about AMC theaters. Um, they may not survive this. Right. AMC has been bleeding money for a number of years. And now they're not able to, they have no revenue stream. Um, they've laid off uh, a majority of their staff. Most of their executives have taken pay cuts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now, now that we're starting to, you know, some states are starting to open back up. Um, there was a, an article that hit Wired earlier this week that talked about how uh, the the title of the article is a trip to the movies may soon feel like going to the airport. So there are a number of movie theaters that are trying to enact policies and procedures to govern or protect um, patrons against the coronavirus. And so they are literally planning to have what they call, what the article refers to as TSA like checkpoints just <laughs> to enter the movie theater where you'll have to go and uh, as you enter into the movie theater, they will take your temperature. Now, of course, when they take your temperature, they can only take it, they can only take the surface temperature of your skin. They, they are not, you know, licensed or uh, regulated to actually insert a thermometer into your mouth for any length of time. Yeah, see, and that's actually all, all 
um, ballast <clears throat> anyway, because really the only accurate temperature reading you can really take is rectal. So um, I'm actually for this. You know, we just have everybody bend over, you know, say, hold, please, bend over, put it in there, you know, hang tight for a minute. Uh, all right. Wait till the beep. Pull your pants back up. Next customer, please. Um, well, can, so can you imagine? I mean, let's say you really want to go to the movies. Let's say there's one movie that comes out that you really want to go to. If I need to get a rectal temperature taken, it better be one movie I really want to see. Well, can you imagine trying to do this in the middle of summer? We're talking summertime. We're entering summertime. It's already the close to the surface temperature of the sun here in Phoenix. We're over 100 degrees this week. Uh, by July, we're going to be like 115-ish. Look at you being all smug, smiling at me. F I didn't move there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> now, they're, they're going to take surface temperature... I'm sorry, you're going to have people sweaty walking in from 115 degree temperature. Well, I'm going to pop positive on a temperature test. My temperature, the surface temperature of my skin is going to be pretty darn high. So yes. what, what is this? This isn't doing anything other than creating a, a certain sense of um, a faux sense of, of It's safety a false sense life. of security. Um, and it's another level of uh, I'm actually surprised they didn't put in metal detectors and whatnot after the mass shootings that happened. Um, I'm really surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. I was expecting that then. And it was, it's, I think this is a long time coming. And I think with one comes the other. Because you watched, if you really think that you'll have somebody actually checking your temperature and not have a, a metal detector or at least someone with the wand. With a wand. Doing, I'm telling you, it's, it's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, when you when you take this story and you compare it up against another story that came out this um, this past week, CBS News reported this: Disney lost 1.4 billion dollars due to coronavirus. Uh, that was just in Q2. They are at, their revenues, their overall earnings are down 91 percent. So a year ago, during the same period, they were they were posting earnings at 5.4 billion dollars. And that is now down to $475 million. They've lost 91% of their earnings. <clears throat> um, Disney's getting crushed. All of their, mm. their parks are closed. And I'm curious how many people are actually going to return to the movie theaters, whether or not there are TSA-like check, uh, checkpoints. Um, a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are still scared. Um, you know, the country seems to be pretty divided in terms of who wants to go back out and do stuff and who wants to stay home. So you're, you're going to take the, the movie going populace and split them in half, basically, and half of them are going to essentially stay at home. I don't think they're going to go to the movies anytime soon. Um, and then you have the TSA like checkpoints thrown in there. And then people that like me who did go to the movies probably won't go to the movies. I have no intention of going to a movie as long as there's a TSA type um, check in. I don't want to go through that. So just another reason for me not to go to the movies. I don't think Disney's going to be recovering anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to see how they get out of this. The good thing is they have a lot in their brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so as long as they can weather the storm, they should be okay. Uh, I think their, their brand will, will eventually bounce back. But oh, it, yeah. could be a long, it could be a long <clears throat> road for Disney. Disney's got so many things to their name. I mean, that, that <clears throat> they're going to come out of this fine. And you know what? If uh, the coronavirus shutting down your parks for three months actually hits your overall revenue to that magnitude, then think about how much money they're bringing in elsewhere or even just in the re remaining six months of the year. 
So they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll, they'll bounce back from that. I'm not too terribly worried. Matter of fact, if I was ever going to go to Disneyland and take the kids, maybe now's the time as soon as they open up. Right. Because that doesn't bother me a bit. Um, I would absolutely take the kids because I'm sure they're going to be offering some killer deals coming up here pretty quick. There was, uh, I think it was in <clears throat> Florida, they were talking about opening, but only to 25% capacity. So talk about... I'm Talk about avoiding all of the major, the major lines and all of that, right? I, I would pay full price just to be one of the only 25% capacity allowed in the park because right. that's the biggest thing that I hated about going to Disneyland. I love Disneyland, but all of the other people around there, oh my God, it made it Yeah, it gets miserable. absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. <clears throat> so, and I'm a people person and I hated the other people. <laughs> <laughs> the worst time I've ever been to Disneyland was actually uh, a New Year's Eve. Um, and that was insane. Uh, really? that, yeah. By about 10 o'clock at night, that, that whole park, like everybody from the entire, all of orange County, LA County, et cetera, decided to descend onto the park and it filled to maximum capacity. And it was wall to wall crushing people, um, down main street and into like Tomorrowland and Fantasyland, et cetera. You just, you couldn't move at all. It was nope. absolutely terrible. No, no, that's that's why I won't go to Mardi Gras or anything like that down in New Orleans. I, I loved it down there. I had a blast, but I couldn't imagine being down there during that a, period a, a, of time. Kind of like that, yeah. No way. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that's all I got for the new stuff today. So uh, why don't all we right. um, why don't we get into the the uh, the topic that we have here, which is which is honor and its role in society. So what I like to do is when we have a topic like this um, that we're trying to discuss, I like to start with defining terms. So um, I'd like to ask you, what is honor? How would you define what honor is? Um, to me, honor is an integral um, or integral code of conduct um, guided by um, mostly truth or integrity. If I okay. had to put it simply, that's probably the, the most succinct way I could do it. Living, living upright with, uh, with integrity and, uh, and guided by truth. That's honor. Okay. Well, I, I, I did look up the definition of honor um, <clears throat> because I wanted to see, well, what, what does the actual word uh, mean? And um the thing is, the, the interesting thing about honor, and here's the, def the definition by, given by the dictionary, it's um, one, a high respect or great esteem, and two, an adherence to what is right or to a conventional standard of conduct. And what that tells me is that <clears throat> honor is really, um, it's really something that is external. It's a way to bridge the individual to a larger group. So the question that I want to pose is, do you have honor if it's just you? Is, it way, I, no, no, is no, there no, a way no, no. to acquire honor on your own? And I, I would say, no, you don't, because you need, you need other people to recognize that you have honor. So I, I, I understand what, where you're coming at honor um, or where you're coming from when looking at it. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I don't think honor is in any way external. I think it is entirely external. Um, I think it's, it's 
uh, it runs deeper to the core of the human being um, as far as to act and live honorably regardless. Um, it's, it's something I think even my dad said, you know, you, you do the right thing. Doing the right thing, even when no one's looking, is the difference of doing something right and living with honor and integrity. Um, so for me, I don't know that I see honor as necessarily having to have the external recognize it. It's the internal recognition of how you conduct yourself throughout life in that upright um, line that defines honor. Okay. So you mentioned a couple of, you mentioned a couple of things, right? So you're, you're, I want to challenge that for a minute. Let's go. Um, so I'm, I continue to contend that honor is really that, that thing, that concept that is bestowed upon you from external, from an external source, and that it is a way to help guide human behavior within that group that bestows it. Now, you did talk about living honorably, which speaks to the internal, okay? Correct. But we have a word in the English language for that. That's called integrity. So right. when, we, when we look at integrity, and integrity is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, or the state of being whole and undivided. So when I compare the terms of integrity and honor, one is very internal or, or, allow, or focuses, our, our, focuses our attention inside ourselves, that being integrity. And yet honor is something that it's bestowed upon us by those that are outside of ourselves. And therefore it becomes that contract of behavior with a larger community or society as a whole. And you talked about being able to, um, you, when you were talking about having or living life honorably, I think we need to m ensure that we're using the other word that exists in our, our language, which is referred to, or the word called dignity. And dignity is actually defined as being worthy of having honor. So I think we have a situation where you've got a community or a group of people who recognize that you are worthy of having honor, therefore you have dignity, and then therefore they bestow honor upon you. And you, in order for them to recognize that you have dignity, then you have to live with integrity and your, you by living with integrity shows other people that you have dignity and are worthy of that honor and respect. Thoughts? So I understand where you're saying. And, and I guess when I was talking about honor, um, I'm almost echoing the definition as you read it of integrity, which I can, I can appreciate. Um, however, the definition or the way you're describing honor to me sounds more of a award in the sense of when you honor someone with a, a medal or a certificate or a recognition of their achievements, conduct, behavior, etc. That is to honor someone. <clears throat> to honor for me is, I guess, the code of honor much like I guess the, uh, the knights of old would have a code of honor in which dignity, integrity, truth, um, all make up that code of honor. At least that's how I have always seen and tried to live honorably. 
Okay. Well, so what about people that, um, there are people who um, are bestowed a certain rank of honor in our society just by virtue of them being part of a certain group. Sure. Military is a perfect example. E easy one to relate, at least. Okay. Um, but, yet maybe the same, not. <laughs> but yet at the same time, <laughs> no, I don't dispute that. I, I think that... <laughs> Uh, I, I think that we um, civilians tend to bestow or look favorably upon people who serve in the military. I think that's changed. I, I don't think that was something that was in place, let's say, during the Vietnam War or shortly thereafter. Um, but certainly after not after um, the first Desert War, I think uh, people, I think m many civilians began to look much more favorably upon people who um, people who served. Um, but you have other people that are bestowed honor without you even meeting them. Um, many doctors fall into that category. If you go to a hospital and you run into a doctor, you've never met that person. But by virtue of their participation in this group known as medical doctors, you give them a certain level of respect um, for that position, for the time that they spent in school, for the effort that they um, that they put forth in, in learning and becoming um, a master of their craft or their trade to a certain degree. That's not to say that, that medical doctors are uh, without error. They certainly can make mistakes, but we still place that, that sense of honor on them. We even call judges your honor to signify the, the status that they hold as judge within the courtroom. Mm -hmm. um, but we know nothing about these individuals. So by virtue of them being part of that you know, that judgehood, if you, so to speak, we grant them a certain level of honor. Well, and it's, it's the, to me, that's more of a respect for the station and the achievements that have led them to the position to which they hold, not to the person or individual themselves. Understanding that that is that person or individual holding that position so that they, they go hand in hand. However, you, you show them that, that do respect. Um, for that achievement or for that level of proficiency. Now, do you think people would still hold that level of respect for that station, even if they didn't like that individual? Well, that's, <laughs> we have a lot of that going on in our, in our government right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, depending <laughs> upon how you look at the, um, oh, well, we'll pick on the president for a minute. I mean, he's holds the highest, um, office in all of the land. Do you think he's afforded that level of respect? No. Should he? Yes, by his station. If you do not care for him as the man, that is fine. But you should respect the office. I and I would agree with that. I would, I would think that more, most people, the vast majority of people in this country, which a lot of people will openly proclaim that they hate the president, Mm -hmm. I'm just using him as an example because you brought him up. Yep. But I think if, if the president were to knock on their door right this second and they opened the door and saw the president standing there, I think most people, even if they disliked him, would still treat him with a certain amount of respect. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, the president show up on your doorstep. I mean, you're probably going to drop a deuce right there because what the heck's going on? The president's at my door. 
Um, sure, but I and, think I, I believe that a lot of people would be happy to invite him in and shake his hand and be very respectful. And they may even go so far as to voice their displeasure with certain decisions he's made, or they may sure. ask him questions. But I think the majority of people would still treat him very respectful. Yes. Um, and I think, I think the same people who, um, who love the president, I think those same people would still would have or would still treat President Obama. These are the people that would, you know, if sure. they're going to support the president or support President Trump, they, these are people that probably, you know, did not care much for President Obama. Nope. But those same people, if that president, if President Obama showed up on their doorstep, they would probably shake his hand and treat him with the dignity and respect because he was our president, like it or not. He was still a president. Yep. And they would be respectful of that. Yes, I, I agree with that 100%. That goes back into even a, a, a recognition of titles that we discussed before. So, cool. yes. But do I think that that is um, a, a sense of honor? I guess to me, I recognize the honor bestowed upon someone by the, the again, I guess the title and level of their office or position. Um, and maybe it's just an old-fashioned way of looking at the word honor and how I was raised. And, and, um, I recognize that. So, so what about, um, what about, what is it about honor that, um, is, well, let me ask the question this way is honor transient, meaning does it go between groups? I don't think it does. I don't think it necessarily goes between groups. Um, for example, I think there are, there's a certain, amount of honor amongst the mafia, for example. But honor I don't- Honor amongst thieves. Honor amongst thieves, so to speak. But I, I don't think that that level of honor is recognized by people outside of the mafia. I can agree with that. So, sure. yeah, if somebody's, a, if somebody's a gangster, even if you go, you have somebody who's a member of a gang, there's gonna be a certain level of honor that they bestow upon themselves within that particular functional group but you have a gangster who's essentially a thug goes into um, a, a Safeway or a grocery store. I'm not saying people are going to be disrespectful, but they're not going to afford that person the same level of honor that the in-group of the gang would afford that person. Agreed. Um, that's, that's, um, that's an interlevel, I guess, level of respect as well. And, um, <laughs> your, your initiation rights into certain organizations can be honorable or less than honorable, but can still gain you respect on how you, um, uh, traverse the rungs of that organization. So for example, you're talking about a, um, a thug and, and, uh, I'll pick on the, the, the Crips and the bloods, you know, you have, to, if you're going to join the bloods, you have to kill a Crip or two or many more and that will increase your station and depending upon whatever crimes you commit um that's going to increase your your uh, uh recognition and street rep within that group does that mean you get honor bestowed upon you from uh the grocery store attendant or the clerk no but within that little organization yeah your your cred goes up Okay, so if your cred goes up, then honor can increase. And by virtue of that, your honor could decrease within that group, right? Do you think, sure. do you think that's, that's possible? So yep. honor, okay, so if, if that's the case, if, if there are things that people can do 
within that particular group to increase their level of honor, or if there are things they can do that will decrease their level of honor, that means honor in and of itself is fluid. Um, so that, that brings up an interesting question then. Can, what if, what if you're, what if the sense of honor is misguided or misplaced? Can honor be misguided or misplaced or do we, does all honor only exist if we give it lofty ideals um, and lofty principles? Oh, I think honor can be misplaced and misguided all the time. I, one of my very best friends from uh, a long, long time ago, we'll just say high school, um, has a very strict code of honor that he lives by and he can be a stubborn jackass sometimes because he just refuses to listen to reason because um, he's got it in his brain that something we were going to go do or something people we were going to talk to or whatever just disagreed with his code of honor and I'm like you know you're just being a stubborn jerk knock it off so do I think it can be misguided sure do I think it can be um you know, based on a belief? Yes. I also happen to think that honor, and again, going back to the, to the definition that I used, honor to me is, was um, ingrained in my upbringing. So there is a heavy influence in what my personal code of honor is based on my um, father and my mother. So, okay, so you use the example of your friend who wouldn't go do whatever it is that you guys wanted to go do yeah. because of his particular code of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, if he would have gone and done that thing, would anybody in that group have seen it? Um, what do you mean have seen it? You're, you're getting at a point. Spit it out. well i'm kind of stuck on this thread that honor is the bridge is that link between an individual and a group of people integrity and i'm still i i still don't have enough to change my mind that integrity is that concept that is internal to us that is our internal um code of honor that we follow that isn't that that i'm referring to and and using the definition of integrity but the sake of honor being external to guide behavior so that I maintain my honor externally to this larger group. Because if I do things and there's nobody around to see it, does, that doesn't affect my honor. If I do something with, and I'm part of a group, and I'm specifically part of a group of whatever group that has bestowed this level of honor upon me, and if I go do something that is contrary to that group and nobody is around to see me, then their level of honor for me remains unchanged. So, well, They will if you're still going to... continue to see me as being an honorable person or worthy of that level of honor. Well, yes, they will. But that doesn't, uh, and to me, uh, so, okay, you're, you're, so we're, we're, we're tiptoeing with interchanging um, the use of honor and integrity. So I recognize, I see that uh, just a, smidge different and that's that's okay um but let's just pick on a judge i don't know who's one of our supreme court judges whether we like them or not we'll pick on somebody i don't know justice roberts there you go roberts if roberts goes into a 7-eleven and he steals a hershey bar and nobody catches him is he still honorable what you're saying is, as long as nobody sees him, he's still honorable because only the people around him 
get to say he's honorable or not. Yes. I say that honor is something that I'm going to have to answer to God for. And so you're, and I, so you no longer have integrity. Okay. And that's the group wouldn't still maintain your level of honor. And I would say you are no longer, you're not an honorable person, but you still have the respect of your peers because they don't know any better yet. Right. They haven't found out that you now lack dignity. For, okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, um, and that's just a, the, the way honor has been, I guess a part of my life is a, a little bit more wrapped around the idea of integrity and dignity versus what you're talking about is the respect of your station amongst society. Right. Well, and there's a reason why I'm going down this track. Okay. And, and the reason, the reason why is because words mean very, very specific things. And often when we're talking about very difficult or ambiguous concepts, we tend to interchange words and we use words in ways that are not exactly the way that they should be used. So while people will say, well, I live by a code of honor, it's only a code because other people recognize it and society recognize it. And I think that's an important distinction. And the reason why I say that is because if honor was more of a pervasive thing, meaning people um, challenged themselves and uh, were empowered and were focused on achieving a level of honor within society, then I contend that a society that is honorable according to whatever definition that the society has said, you know, has defined their code of honor to be, then with, then if people are behaving honorably according to that code, there's actually less of a reason to have laws and regulations, et cetera, because at that point, the laws only serve um, to control the behavior of people who are not honorable, who are, do not seek to, to increase their level of honor and who um, choose not to behave a certain way. So if more of society were acting according to an honor code, there would be less need for overall laws and regulations to govern human behavior. So I, I agree with that, but um, what you also said about honor is that um, as long as nobody catches you, you're still honorable. So according to the group, according to the group, but yes. who's the group? We're talking about the group of society as a whole, right? As you can go shoot somebody in the head, but as long as nobody finds out about it, you're still honorable. So you're living by your code of honor. So we don't need laws. Mm, what I say is if everybody lived with dignity and integrity, Building to that, what you're talking about, that code of honor, if you actually have those um, values or principles built in, then absolutely you're right. We wouldn't need that. Well, but, and, I, and I also don't think that integrity is taken out of the mix there. I think, you, I think integrity and honor are two sides of the exact same coin, whereas integrity is, how, is that code that you live within yourself when nobody is around. But honor is that standard by which you interact with the peers of the group to which you belong because because honor, the level of honor can only be gained by that group. And when you're part of that group, whatever group it may be, 
then there are ways that you can increase or decrease your level of honor within inside that group. So let's say you join a particular group, you can actually do things um, that the group approves of and they can bestow more honor upon you and you can rise through the various ranks of that particular group. I, I, I understand what you're saying. All I can keep coming back to is Christian Bale in American Psycho. Um, what you're talking about, he was honorable amongst his peers. I mean, and he got a real, a really nice brand new business card. You remember? Yeah. Well, and actually gained more honor and more. Sure. More status. Station. Right? He was murdering people in his apartment. And sure. I mean, he didn't have any dignity or integrity. And if the group right. would have recognized that, then the group would have relinquished that honor away from him immediately. Right. So he was able to fake, fake it, fake it until he, until he got it. And there are plenty of examples where groups, most groups build in some kind of release valve that allows them to deal with people that, um, you know, that pull the wool over their eyes so that they can boot them out or whatever, or deal with them in their own way. Right. That's also a form. And, and in fact, some societies, Japan being one, the, you know, the old, you know, ancient Japanese ways of the samurai, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you did something that was classified as dishonorable, they gave you, they had that release valve where you could kill yourself and reclaim your honor and be able to die with a little bit of dignity. So they would at least look upon you with, um, with a certain level of, of respect. Of favor. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So can we at least agree then that honor governs human behavior? Sure. So, okay. So if we can agree with that, mm -hmm. um, how would you compare honor to the concept of loyalty? And is there a difference? Honor to loyalty. Um, loyalty to me is, is so heavily tied to trust that, um, you know, my mom taught me something when I was very young that I still live by. Um, I, I'll trust you until you give me a reason not to. And that's how I approach most people. I, I'm uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I'm a fairly trusting individual, usually fairly quickly. Not everybody is. I know you're not. Um, but I'll, I'll trust people first um, until they give me a reason not to. And even when that's challenged, I usually stand by them until it's proven otherwise. So I, I very much hold to the um, innocent until proven guilty idea. And I will usually rush to people's aid in their defense, sometimes at my own fault. Um, so to me, I think trusting in the goodness of people is part of that dignity that I hold for myself. I want to see that in others. So therefore, in that regard, I try to be loyal to that trust first. If that makes sense or answers your question at all. I don't Judging know if it does. Face, it doesn't. I, I don't know if it does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then ask me that question in another well, way that I can try and answer it for you. Well, could... Is there, is there a situation in which a group could coerce somebody to do something that others would, even maybe even within the group, um, do something that people would consider to be dishonorable um, and, 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 and they would go along with it? 
Oh yeah. And, and I think I, I think of an example off the top of my head, I can think of an example in the military. So within in the military, often um, soldiers will, you know, they have a certain code of honor that they that they live and govern themselves by. Um, and part of that honor code is following orders, or at least it may not be specifically stated in that way, but there is a you know, you do, you follow orders because that's what's going to get you through. That's what's going to make you come back alive. But what if, uh, what if a commanding officer gives an order to go into a village and murder all of the civilians within that, within that village? Um, so now you have a person who is showing their dishonor, but they're using honor and playing on that honor card to try to get a group of soldiers to essentially commit murder um is you know how does how does that you know that's that's a that's a to me that's a difference between acting with honor and just being loyal to your military branch or being loyal to your commanding officer mm-hmm. violating your own ethics and morals violating societies even the group's ethics and morals um just to maintain loyalty with the commanding officer in the hopes that maybe you'll gain some favor down the line yeah well and and that that's that's to me that's not loyalty that's blind obedience or even blind faith if you want to call it that sure Um, i can agree with that and uh i don't know really how to to put myself in a situation like that and talk myself out of it at least not from this chair um but i would like to hope that my my faith and my inner code of honor would probably overweigh or outweigh my sense of loyalty to a commanding officer. And there are, I think there are a lot of people in the military that would say um, that is an unlawful order that can be, uh, that can, you can disregard and not follow and you can actually, you know, um, stand in opposition to that. And I would agree with that. Um, I think the sad reality is, is often you get people who um, they're trying to build honor. They're trying to build honor within that group. They've been, they've been accepted into this prestigious group right now. Um, Maybe that's something they've been trying to do for a very, very long time. And there's an opportunity now to, um, to prove their worth. And you have somebody within that organization who, um, who has, who has fallen, who is not, honorable in, in their, it was not worthy of that honor. They don't have that integrity and that dignity um, to, to have that honor that's bestowed upon them. But now they exist higher in the honor chain and the iron um, honor hierarchy within that group. And so now you run the risk of you have somebody who's beneath them that can be coerced into doing things that they probably shouldn't do that they even know inherently that they shouldn't do. I mean, we see this, we see this in psychology all the time. I mean, psychologists, um, you know, have run studies in the past where they have been able to coerce people uh, to, you know, into thinking that they're torturing another human being and they're not, but they've run experiments where they where people thought that that was happening um, to see how far people would actually go. I mean, psychologists have used these types of experiments to explain how things like the Abu Ghraib issues began in, you know, started in, um, you know, in Iraq and how the, the Nazis were able to send Jews into the gas chamber, et cetera, et cetera, that people right. are naturally malleable and they follow authority figures. So now if you have somebody within that honor group 
who is in a, 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 a in a position of authority, you know, people are very apt to follow them. Sure. Well, and and you look at the the cultist mentality when you add just a drop of uh, faith into it. I mean, look at the Heaven's Gate group. I, that I'm aging myself now. That was a long time ago, but um, I mean, that's that's the difference between saying, okay, you know what, this isn't right. I'm gonna go home, or I'm gonna wear the robe, hop into bed, and drink the punch. I mean, you there's there's a point where I guess um, common sense has to come into play. Um, but then again, I, I grew up hearing common sense was not so common. Well, there's also the, there's also the possibility, I think, um, and I think we see it almost on a daily basis, especially if you follow politics. Um, you see these situations where people will actually mute themselves to maintain a certain level of honor within a group. Um, for example, we're seeing that right now, if you happen to follow politics, we're seeing that with Joe Biden, you know, who running for president on the Democrat ticket. Mm -hmm. um, Tara, Tara Mead, I think is her name, um, came out a few weeks ago and said that uh, she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. Right. And there was crickets from feminists on social media and the Me Too movement and the Believe All Women movement. These were the same people that, um, that were irate over Kavanaugh when Justice Kavanaugh was going through his nomination process. You had Dr. Blasey Ford who came out and said that she was sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. And you had this movement rise up who said, we have to believe all women and the Me Too movement, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the stipulation in that or the, the underlying theme was guilty by um, you know, that he was guilty until proven innocent in that situation. Right. right. And even Joe Biden has a history of saying all women must be believed. And if a woman comes forward and says that she was sexually assaulted, you have to start by believing her. Correct. Um, and, but that, that rule doesn't apply in this situation because now we're seeing people who fall on the political left. Uh, They're completely silent at first they were silent about it. Then the pressure began to mount. Um, and then they said, well, you know, she at, least, she at least deserves to have her say. And now people are saying, well, we believe her, but I'm still gonna vote for the guy. So right. they've, they've changed and they've basically shown to be malleable in their values and principles um, to, so that they can maintain their position within their honor structure called the Democrat party. I'm not trying to pick, I'm not trying to isolate and pick on Democrats per se. This, these types of things also happen across the political spectrum. I'm using this as an example right. to try to paint a picture that we're actually seeing happen now. Yeah. And, and, I, and I suppose in all um, fairness to keep, to keep everything equal across the board, we have to assume that those values and principles that were expressed during um, Kavanaugh's nomination process and going through that were in fact values and principles then. So they should in fact be values and principles. Now they were not, um, well, no, I'm not even going to go into what they may or may not have been. Um, so we have to assume based on the idea that everybody is for the most part, good is what you, I think you were getting at. We'll get into that later. Um, in that there, if it's true, then it's true now. So either there it wasn't, or what you're suggesting is that they're able to actually 
table those core values and principles for the sake of um, political expediency. Yeah, because at the time, I don't know if people remember Kavanaugh. I know Americans have a tendency to forget things the, as soon as the news cycle changes. Uh, but there were people who were on the Me Too movement, in the Me Too movement, who were saying, just because the allegation exists means that Kavanaugh should self-withdraw from his own nomination to the Supreme Court. Right. So if that is a principle, and if that is a rule that should be applied, then that rule should be applied indiscriminately. It doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum the a person charged of something or when an allegation is levied against them, it shouldn't matter then what side of the political spectrum. If that is a value that somebody absolutely 100% believes, and they're saying, yes, anytime somebody, a woman comes out and accuses a man of sexual assault, and that man is up for a prestigious position, then the man should withdraw. And, 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 and if I, that is the case, then shouldn't Joe Biden withdraw from the race? If that were true, yes. However, if you, I mean, you heard Joe Biden's interview when he was asked about that very directly. And he said that he never said that a woman should be believed, um, but that she had the right to be heard and it should be investigated. Now, is that the same thing that the Republicans were saying during Kavanaugh? That is also true. So <laughs> either he was um, forgetful and forgot what he said, even though they've probably played that for him a hundred thousand times, um, or he was um, not being forthcoming with the truth. Um, that's not really for me to say. Um, it, for me, this isn't really that that example. No, it's, isn't it's, really so much about Biden per se. Right. It's it's really about the sense of honor amongst the group and the people that attach themselves to that Me Too movement. Well, and honor and oh, sorry, honor dignity, integrity, those values, principles, those are not things to me that you can, they're not tools to be taken on and off the shelf in your toolbox or from your garage. Um, you, you don't get to just use those. Those are things you either have and live by or you don't. I would, I would absolutely agree. I think, I think if you're going to set yourself with the principle that says, you know, as soon as somebody makes an allegation against another human being, then that human being has to do X. If we're going to make that as a rule, then we have to have the integrity to apply that rule no matter what. Right. And, and if you're going to take that stance, and, and whether I agree with that or not, I respect your right to say that all women should be believed no matter what. You know what? You have that right. You have that position. You want to take that position. Okay. But... My stipulation is and always has been, then that applies to everyone in every situation. I, I would agree with that. I agree with that. And you also have some people that their, their sense of honor in terms of maintaining honor within the group known as that Me Too organization or known as the Democrat Party right now, they're self-muting. In other words, they're not talking about it at all no. because they don't want to get they don't want to have these questions asked of them. They're trying to avoid the entire situation. And what does that say about their own level of integrity? If they're not, if they were, these are, you know, some of these individuals are the same people who were extremely vocal against Kavanaugh. And now this has come out with Biden and they're completely clamming up and saying, I'm not even going to talk about it. They're self-muting themselves. So what does that say about the level of integrity of those individuals? 
Well, and again, are, are those values and principles or were they tools at the time? And I think they are tools at the time. I would have a lot more respect for a lot of these individuals if they just simply came out and said, you know what? During Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings, we were throwing everything, anything and everything at him, including the kitchen sink, because we just didn't want him on the bench. And, and that's, that's yep. the only reason why we came up with the rule to begin with is because right. we, I would have more respect. I might not agree with them. Well, I know right. I certainly wouldn't agree with them. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I still wouldn't agree with them. But I would at least go, hey, you know what? At least you're consistent. Well, and that's the integrity part as well that we talked about. You know, are you, are you living with that virtue of truth? And, and um, to me, that's, that's valuable. And, and if you make a mistake or you lie, God forbid, at least own up to it eventually, because otherwise you end up in the position you're at right now. All right. Well, good talk. Yeah. So uh, obviously this was something um, eating at the back of your mind. And I think I kind of veered us off into a little bit of a different direction on honor. But um, do you think we actually were able to capture what you were looking for? Yeah, I just wanted to put that out into the uh, out into the interwebs. You know, my, my goal is to my hope was to define some terms and, and really to demonstrate not even so much in terms of honor. I, I think there might be listeners out there who will, who will think about it and, and, and um, might apply it uh, into their own lives in a particular way or might think, where do I gain honor from and how do I maintain that honor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I really kind of hope people recognize that um, sometimes honor can be used as a weapon. Sure. That it, it doesn't always mean that it's a good thing. And I think that's the important thing to, um, to take away from here is to critically evaluate is just because you're part of a given honor circle and just because you have or you have been bestowed honor by the group and you are looked upon honorably, what are you gonna do when the group no longer follows that, or the group may change that, that honor code on you? Right. Like we've seen with the Me Too movement. And if the group changes that honor code, well, are you willing to go along with it so that you can maintain your status? Or are you, or are you strong enough to challenge that idea and say, you know what, that doesn't align with the integrity that I want to maintain. So it's time for me to part ways. Sure. Well, and, and the things that matter the most to you in life, um, whether it's your, your own reputation, your own integrity, your, um, your family, your faith. I mean, these are things that people lay down and die for. And a lot of times, I think, um, people are manipulated into believing that those things are under attack from certain people or certain places or other um, ideals. And that's when they they lose their rational thinking abilities and they turn into the defenders of those ideals, those um, beliefs, those people in their family, whoever that is. And that's when they're most easily manipulated. Yeah. And they, or they, they, they still adhere to the values and principles of that honor code that existed, let's say 20 years ago, but the group has changed the definition slowly over time. Sure. And now their honor code is something completely different. 
And now you, now it's 20 years later and you, you kind of raise your head and you look around the group and you're like, who are these people? How do yeah, they even I, get in I don't here? recognize this anymore. I don't, I don't recognize this anymore. This isn't what I joined. Sure. Do you have, do you have that fortitude to say I'm out? I need right. to step away from this because this no longer aligns with the values that I believe in. And that's, that's happening in a lot of places, I think, and especially as our society evolves. And, and it seems to me to be evolving at a much more rapid pace. Um, but there are, you know, churches that people join that were appealing to them in a certain way. Um, and they were brought up and brought into that church. And then they look around and go, I don't recognize this congregation anymore. And that's um, fair. Are you stuck there out of loyalty or... Are, are you actually able to look at it rationally and go, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I came into. Um, I don't believe in this church. Doesn't mean that you've lost your faith in the core of what it is. And that's, that exists in um, other organizations of, of multiple types um, around the world. Now there's something out that I want to, that I want to um, analyze just really quickly here. And that is, if, if the organization, well, let's say, for example, 20 years have gone by and you realize, you know what, my values and no longer align to this organization that I'm a part of or this part of my community. I, don't, I no longer fit. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that the honor code is bad. There are situations, I think, that, um, that yes, you may, look at, you may look at yourself and you may look at the group and you might think, I don't really feel like I fit in, mm -hmm. but if that honor code, if that code of honor is worthy of emulation, people should not also just leave because it's easier to remove yourself and, and live in a way that, and live in a way with less integrity. Sure. I think you need to realize that if this is something that is worthwhile, do I need to put in the extra effort because honor codes, let's face it, those codes of honor are typically not easy to maintain. So just because it gets hard, it doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. Right. And I think people need to analyze it from all those different perspectives and say, do I need to realign myself with the, with the code of honor? Or has the code of honor changed so much that I no long, it no longer fits with my integrity and now I need to leave? Yeah, and there are things worth fighting for absolutely 100% worth fighting for. And many organizations have those, that honor code, those core values at heart. Um, and a lot of times the culture within parts of that organization change. Um, if you're part of a company that's got an overarching, um, we'll just say corporate structure, let's say, and those core values are still there, but your individual you know, branch or location starts to the culture starts to change within it. I think that those things can be turned around and that culture can be reverted and, and that honor can be restored. And that's, that's hard. It's easy to walk away. Um, so I, I would challenge everybody out there. If it's something worth fighting for, absolutely do it. Just make sure you're fighting for the right things. And right. that's up to the individual to truly analyze, think rationally and ask those questions yourself. Cause I can't answer them for you. And the other can lose it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So do you have any, uh, do you have any other uh, final thoughts before we close this, uh, this topic out? 
Um, no, I think that's pretty well good. I'm, I'm a little exhausted. Um, but I, I sure do enjoy, I, uh, I, I am, I'm, I think I'm going to sleep good tonight. I sure do enjoy our conversations. They're always fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, all right, everybody that kind of wraps it up here. Remember you can catch all of our, uh, our videos and find all of our RSS feeds for our podcast off of fusionunderground.net. Um, we do record this not only on, not only on audio, but on video. So you can catch our video on YouTube and on BitChute. If you go out to YouTube or BitChute, um, BitChute websites, you can actually search for the Fusion Underground, or you can just go to our website at fusionunderground.net and you can find all of the links there. Uh, you can also find the direct RSS feed to the podcast. So you can insert that RSS feed into whatever application you use to manage all of your podcasts and it should pull that back. Um, so that's about it from the Fusion Underground. I'm Manuel Ramirez, and for Jason Moret, I thank you for listening. Like us on all of the different feeds, whatever it is that you listen to. Uh, send us feedback at contact at fusionunderground.net or find us on Twitter at, at Fusion Under. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye.